Oh. Yeah. Well, we are here. Emily, how is uh, how is having a chance to breathe for about 24 hours? <laughs> um, I mean, in an ideal world, I would have liked to have taken a day off, gone to Selfridges, got my brows done, got my eyelashes done. But uh, no, I was in the office first thing this morning. There's so much to be doing right now, just leading up to the World Bowl Championship. Um, just lots going on, which is quite frightening, but exciting at the same time. But uh, yeah, we had a really, really successful event. Sometimes you come away from it and it takes a while to take it all in um, and appreciate everything that's gone into it. Um, I mean, you just, it's like being on a high sort of thing when you're at these events, you can, everyone who's working on them or, and even the players, well, maybe not so much catchy, but everyone comes <laughs> off of sleep. Um, no one, you know, sleeps or anything like that. Everyone's just going off of adrenaline. Um, and then you come to like a, a down sort of thing at the end. Um, but it was fantastic at the team that we had on site. I just, you know, I want to say a shout out to the, the actual multi-sport team who are there for nine, 10 days straight, you know, because obviously we've got the build leading up to, they don't leave the site. They're just there relentless in Milton Keynes in a hotel room. Um, I mean, anyone who spends 10 days with a group of people, you want to kill them at the end of it anyway, even if they're Thank your family. <laughs> so um, it's, I, I just want to shout out to those people because they're the ones that behind the scenes get everything done. Um, even like the like the referees on the last day, both John and Marcel had to kind of go through that between themselves. Um, the score officials, they really stepped up this week and um, took on a new system quite last minute um, that they were sort of uh, approached with um the day before and had a few teething problems and that which wasn't their fault at all it was all technical so i just want to give those people a shout out first of all because without them obviously it wouldn't have been a success and and then the players i mean they were all there at the end you know had a beer uh with one another and you can it's even nice to see the likes of shane and jason actually just yeah. talking with one another and you don't see that often. <laughs> no, and and in a nice, in, in like a way that's good for the sport. I mean, there was a good 30 minutes where we were on the practice table having a look at different breaks. You know, they're explaining certain breaks at what happens at events when players are template racking, when um, referees are, and other ways that we could get a more competitive break. And it's just nice to be able to have that kind of atmosphere. atmosphere. And I think at the events like a Premier League pool where it is kind of behind closed doors and it's a bit more relaxed. You invite that kind of atmosphere where the players can kind of relax backstage. It's literally just the production crew um, and it's the players sort of wandering around. It's, you know, they're not getting hassled or they can just sit back and relax. Um, and they're all really great. You know, we had, like I said, teething problems from day one on the production. And they took it in their stride. We had problems with the shot clock. And they just, you know, they get told that there's a situation or we switch a match because it's better to have the Americans in the evening, for instance. And um, and the scheduling is obviously all based on uh, time difference and broadcasters. And we schedule matches and we change them around. We stitch David Alcady up one day and even Max Lettner was forced to play a game too many on day one and that was just you know like a, a human error and I'll even take responsibility for that so the players really really just you know if something happens they take it and it's just really good to see um and that's why they're the best in the world so a really really good event and um really happy with it yeah it was uh I mean I I part of me I'm happy it's over because now I get some production back I actually get to do something for a change <laughs> without at least, you know, looking over here and over here. And then part of it, it's like, well, now what am I supposed to do with my life? <laughs> I, it just, it's like, I, I'm sure at the end of it, I mean, it's a great event. Uh, Albin wins. Do you think, do you think that, uh, you know, I think Albin probably stays in better shape than most of the players in pool at this point. I mean, he's constantly exercising, running, doing all that stuff. Do you think that helps him when you're, when you're going through a, a grind like that? 
Well, I, th I think put it into your even your own perspective. If um, you know, in the Moscone Cup, for instance, uh, I probably go and work out more than I would at any other event because it gets your head in the game. It's it it just clears your head. And I th even Jason Shaw, um, he had a bad day. Um, I think it was on the fifth or the sixth day or the sixth day. He felt like he was having a really bad day. Um, and he said he went to bed really like angry. He felt like the world was against him. And he went to the gym the next morning. He like got his aggression out sort of thing. And I think for every person, there's that element of whether it's going out for a run for like Ronnie O'Sullivan or even Al Strickland, um, whether it's going to the gym, going on a boxing bag, you know, it, these are the things that help us all. But Albin, I think, who was it that said it? I think Jason said it. We can't all have flat stomachs like um, Albin. Um, <laughs> but he is, look, he is in good shape. And sometimes I was watching that final and I was watching some of his matches earlier and I was like, I just don't think he can win it because of how up and down he goes, the emotions he shows, even though he's so, he's so ice cold at certain times, I just think, no, he, like, he's not going to. It feels like he's not given up, but there's like an element of he's just absolutely KO'd and he won't be able to do it. But then he just, he just turns it around for you and he surprises you. And, and he is the one that has that, stamina that will get you through and it's kind of like if you compare it to a boxing match he's probably the one that is literally he is going to round 12 and he is just working his way he is grinding and he might get knocked down five times throughout that but he gets to round 12 and he's there left standing holding the belt sort of thing so that's where that premier league kind of format i think just works really well for him and the jason shane they weren't there last year and neither was Josh Villa. So all four of those, um, well, the, all three of those that weren't there before hadn't really experienced that kind of format. So Albin definitely had a slight edge there, but he's a deserved winner. He's a fantastic player. And I think this tournament really, really, it had the best of the best um, of, the, of the top players. And it just really showed you know, who was going to come through and, and why these players are the best. Yep, that's been yep. I mean, that's the biggest change in Albin over the last 10 years, the biggest positive change, that he, that he actually can reset a lot quicker. It used to, he used to get much more angrier. He used to throw news <laughs> around. It, it used to get really quite, you know, scary. Oh, uh, really? But now, now, he's, uh, now he, he's calmed down. He still gets angry, but he resets a lot quicker. He doesn't let it affect him for a longer period of time. And like in any tournament play, what a player does in between matches is just as important as what they do during the match because you have to be able to refresh, you have to be able to reset, you have to be able to forget about something negative that's happened. And yeah. if you can't do that, then it is going to wear you down. And it is going to, you know, certainly in a, in a, a long eight days, you've got to be using your energies in a positive way. If you let it get you down, you let it, it's, it can be a real big role. We saw what happened to Catchy. You know, he didn't go off to a good start and it just snowballed from there. And, um, you know, he showed that, you know, as good as he is and as ice cold as he as he seems, he let it get to him. And, you know, he's good. He'll, hope, he'll learn from that, I hope. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he had a little bit of a talking to from <laughs> from Emily at something. Oh, you didn't say anything to him about it? No, I don't, I don't think I needed to. I think... Um, even the turning up late? No, he got Dr. Rack. So I didn't even need to say anything. And, and do you know what? That's what I love about the structure that we've put into place now. Obviously, it's going to take a bit of time. Um, but hiring, uh, you know, a tournament director, Rob Spencer, who's really taken sort of the ball by the horns, should I say. Um, he's come over from snooker. He's a qualified snooker referee. He's not a pool referee. And um, he knows that. But He's, he's used to the snooker environment. And we sat those players down and we said, anyone's late to the match, this is what happens. And, you know, there's a few laughs and giggles because we're all staying in the same venue. You literally walk down two flights of stairs to get to the venue from the hotel room. There's actually nowhere where you can really go. Um, and, you know, everyone laughed about it. But I remember it. So this is all happening at the time. And Rob Spencer comes out. He's late for his match. And he docks him a, um, a rack, and rightly so. And Catchy's response was, 
well, no one, no one was knocking on my door. No one came to wake me up. What do you think I am? Your fucking mother. I'm not going to come knocking <laughs> on your door and wake you up. You should be down. We've, you know, if I don't turn up for a meeting, I'm not going to call my mum and say that's your fault. You should have woken me up this morning. You got to set your alarm clock. You got to get out of bed. You got to get showered, and you got to get down. And um, I think uh, my colleague Matt, he called uh, Catchy and said, "Look, where are you?" And he said, how long do I have? And Rob's in the background and said, listen, you're getting docked another rack in five minutes time. So I suggest you, so that's the situation. He's never moved so quick in his life probably. No, he, he <laughs> shot downstairs. So I didn't need to say a word to him. I, the players know, look, you get told this, this is the rules. And this is, I hope everyone starts realizing this is gonna be how things are taken. We've got to you know, yeah. step into the professional light and um, you either got to come with us or, you know, that's it. We're, this is a professional sport now. You don't turn up late for your match because you slept in. When the venue's on site, I understand if there was a phone call 30 minutes before and, you know, I've been stuck, the taxi didn't turn up, this, this and that. He had no excuse and he knows it. And I think he was probably just embarrassed, but he didn't need telling. I think he knew. I think I think he needs a, I think he needs a manager or, or, or somebody to hold his hand a little bit because, <laughs> It always seems to happen to Catchy. If he needs a visa, he doesn't get it organised in time or his passport expires. There's always something that happens to him and he can't get to events over the last couple of years. And now he can't go ahead. I think we need somebody to travel with him and do all... Then all you need to do is play pool. You just go there, play pool, pop balls, and I'll take care of the rest for you and everyone will be all right. I think think that's what he needs. He needs a manager or a wife, probably. Exactly, a babysitter, right? (laughs) I think Imran said it. I think Imran said it perfectly. Kachi needs himself a Pia. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he needs a Pia. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's got a few of them around in different countries. <laughs> I we won't get into that. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you're if you if you want to be a professional, then be a professional. Be right? a professional. Of course, it's pretty easy. So well, that's, probably, uh, that's probably the best way to deal with it. Don't make a don't make a big deal to to him about it. Just say, okay, that's a rule. Done. Get on with it. The best thing that we can do now is any rules we put into place is that we implement them and we back them up. And if they're not right or, you know, we make a, a balls up as such, then, you know, we we take that on. But the players knew what the rules were and, and it, it is what it is. And so all we got to do is we got we have to keep paving the way to educate the players and to and to teach them. But you're only going to learn if we actually start docking frames. Uh, sorry, racks. Um, the snooker's been on today, so it's confused the hell out of me. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was the, the best thing we could have done. Um, and it's good that it's happened because it's hopefully taught him a bit of a lesson. But I did feel for him, he was tired, you could tell he was tired as soon as he turned up. And um, and he said, you know, I shouldn't have gone, shouldn't have traveled, um, I should have got prepared for this tournament. Um, but you know, he, he's learned and uh, he'll know next time. Yeah. And Thing is, with the rankings, you've got you've got no chance now. You can't base yourself on invite now. You you've got to get through on the rankings, and he's got to be careful. And, and players do have to be careful that you know next year when you're looking at Premier League ball, it's the top twelve off of the rankings. So if you're if you're not gonna go along and and get your ranking points, you're not getting in. And your spot. So, so so here's a question based off of that, of course, because. Uh... COVID, China's been shut down, uh, even mm. Taiwan to a lesser degree. Is is there going to be any way that uh, the Chinese and Ty- Taiwanese players are going to be grandfathered into the rankings? Or are they just going to be kind of on the outside having to work their way in? Um, well, we've, we've got... Um, so a lot of the Taiwanese players are starting to play in the next events, that, well, the matchroom events that are coming up. So I don't think that we're going to have to do that. Um, I think the good thing about our entry system is that, yes, we are trying to start a meritocracy and we are pushing the ranking system. But, for instance, the World Pool Masters is the top 20 and four wildcards. So if it gets to the point of next year, for instance, where um, some of the Chinese players haven't been able to come over, then we still have the wildcards in factor to try and do that instead of trying to manipulate the rankings on something that it's kind of out of our control um but the taiwanese players i mean the co-brothers are um starting to play in the next events that we've got coming up 
um, which I think is really positive for moving forward. And I think we're going to start uh, moving into a different direction so we can hopefully see a more global ranking system. Um, so fingers crossed for it, really. Thank you. And I mean, I always love the uh, the wild cards because then we get to, you know, I don't think uh, Kelly's just outside, I guess, the, the top 20. So I always like to see that the women get a couple of uh, wild cards out of that too. So hopefully... Hopefully we don't give them all to the Chinese or Taiwanese players. We still allow at least a couple, at least a woman in there. I, I like seeing that. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's one of, it's one of the reasons why we, we hold wild cards back. You know, we are starting, we are trying to create a tour and we are trying to create a meritocracy and, you know, you get in based off of order of merit. But again, we are um, a, a promoter at the end of the day. And, you know, we have characters out there that we want to make sure are in these events and, we've got to make these events interesting. So I think that for this year, we, we've found a very good balance between, you know, World Cup Masters isn't just straight invites and World Cup of Pool um, and even the Moscone Cup. It's trying to find that balance between the two, um, which we're only going to try and, you know, learn from and see and see what happens with this year. But I think, I, I think we found very good balance and then, and everyone will be very pleasantly surprised moving forward. The going on the World Cup of Pilots a little bit later on in the year, mm -hmm. will you be? Uh, as far, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's going to be 32 countries, based on the ranking top player in the ranking their country then gets in. I think I, I'm not sure how, how far <laughs> in the ranking it goes if it goes to 24 or 16 or. Well, it's it is a little bit hazy because the World Cup of Pool was that event where obviously 32 countries, um, 64 players are all in based off of invite. Um, uh, previous years there was like qualifications that happened, and then years before that it was some federations. It's it's been very messy sort of thing. But we've listened to uh, some of the federations' feedback about having. Um, you know, involvement in the matchroom events, for instance, because now we've taken on the World Pool Championship. That was the one that had the heavy spots for the different federations. Um, so for the World Cup of Pool this year, we're going to be giving um, the WPA 16 countries uh, to nominate. So the WPA nominates the 16 and then they have the players to nominate. But they must respect the nine ball rankings when nominating those players so you know you, you can't put forward a country and have two players in there that aren't even listed on our nine ball pool rankings or, or pick or pick pick two players and there's another player from that country who is listed and he gets not in kind of thing yeah it's just you know we want to and i think everyone is respecting the rankings and it's it's hard because there's only 32 players on there at the moment with um with eight players as a top up. Um, so we've also done eight countries, the eight top countries on our rankings, which we can't really do until we get the allocations through and um, with eight further wildcards. So it's, it's quite, um, you know, it feels it's a bit messy, but it's got an element of structure to it. And we're just going to try and see, you know, what happens. It might be that, you know, it doesn't really work out or we see the start of something um, that's going to work very well and hope obviously for next year we'll have more of a definitive rankings and we'll actually have more than 40 players that are on there whereas you know we're going into the World Pool Championship next month uh, well in April um, and we only have 32 seats on our uh, on our rankings whereas for a World Championship event you'd want to seed half of the field and 64 players we don't even have 64 players on our 2022 rankings. So we, we are kind of finding our feet and trying to sort of work on it um, and to provide anything that changes or that we're thinking about trying to be transparent about it. But we're also learning a little bit as we're going, but we're trying to do everything that's as fair for everyone as possible and trying to think about everything. So, yeah, it's we're coming away from this just straight invite and it's trying to be qualification um, it's trying to bring in the federations and it's trying to bring everyone together because we know that we can't make turn the sport into something that we want it to be without everyone's input so we're trying to get everyone together that's the plan
I, I think the obvious thing, I guess, to state out of that is why not go from 32 to maybe 48? Is, so is so that brilliant. potentially in the future? Oh, for the World Cup or the... the... Yeah, for the World Cup. World Cup will pull 48 teams. <laughs> um, I thought... It's got, uh, it's got to be in the plans eventually, right? Oh, uh, well, I, I think I'm one step ahead of you, Nate. Um, I, got, I have a note written down from yesterday of 64 countries... On my, uh, on my, on my you're talking about six. Well, let, let's let's say the home nation gets two. So you're talking about sixty-three. Shut up, Jim. Countries. How? We... <laughs> Shut up, Jim. Because yeah, my my question to you is going to be: assuming that the home nation gets two teams, so mm -hmm. you have a GB, A, and B. Do you think under these? I mean, no, looking at what happened last time, okay, Canada made a little bit of a an error in their travel plan, shall we say? But with yeah, the travel, yeah. <laughs> I'm being politically correct. <laughs> but with, with with the travel situation, do you think you can get 31 individual countries to 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 make it over to the UK? For yeah, the of course. If the prize, do you, have a, do you have a contingency in case it can't happen? Like, I mean, I, like I'm saying, I'm saying this. I'm like this is a note for moving forward. You know, this year it's going to be 32 countries. This is just a, a doodle on my sheet that I've noted down just to try and expand the World Cup of Paul. Um, you know, we want to try and take it overseas and we want to try and get more countries involved because it's a global sport and that's what we want to turn it into. And everyone loves the World Cup of Paul. I'm trying to listen to the players' feedback about, you know, certain countries having to fly however many hours to come for a race to seven um how do we make it maybe around robin or so i'm just you know there's loads of notes that we're putting down for the world cup pool to make it a more enjoyable event for everyone tuning in um and for the players as well so it's even though we're adding all these events onto the roster and yes we've got a european open we want to try and involve the events that we've currently got because we're learning so much from these new events that we're doing you know, Premier League, Paul, we've just learned that running two tables next to each other isn't the end of the world. Like, it's it's really great. Like, listening to you two say, you know, I've got an iPad here for table two and on my TV I've got table one. It just screams you know, everywhere. <laughs> screams everywhere. And it was really good to see that, you know, so many people on social media were plugging their two screens and it looked, it was fantastic. So the, we raised the question of, well, why don't we do that on other events, obviously we haven't done it before because we don't dilute our audience and take them away from table one um, and the main broadcast. So it's it's trying to find the right tournament to do it with. Um, so there's just loads of like thoughts that are flying around to try to involve the events that we currently have. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of the world's our oyster with it really. We're just gonna keep trying until we find things that, are, you know, that really, really work. When, it's we're never happy with a, an event when we come away from it we're never 100 percent happy you know we've always got to improve and there's so many things that we need to improve on yeah I, I just got two more questions for the world cup of pool if i can mm -hmm. Does gb stay gb or do you split them up into the home nations again in order to create more countries um i'm keeping them gb until i see more british players playing on the events, which I think the UK Open will only help that. So for this year, it's GB. Next year, I want to see it split because I've got a funny feeling we're going to see some new up-and-coming players coming through the UK and the European Open. Okay. Second question. You've already got, like, so many events throughout the year now. Would it not then be an idea if players coming from these far countries coming for a one race to seven, if you want to keep the World Cup of Pool as the same format, to just straight after it have another one of your events where those players would then be there anyway, and then it's more worthwhile them coming over for a two-week period to play a the double... UK header. Open. <laughs> so greedy, aren't you? Just want another event here, there, and everywhere. It's not another event. It's just two <laughs> joined onto each other, which then makes coming to the World Cup of Pool not such a pain in the... In the backside. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. And I think when we have more events than one a month, then then that's definitely something that we can think about. Obviously, 
there's only so much control we can have over the sporting calendar, but the idea is to have one event a month at, with the events that we've got. We don't want to sandwich them together. You are the sporting cal calendar now. Huh? You are the sporting calendar now, as far as... Pro can I, know. I know, I forgot. Can I, <laughs> <laughs> can I people, point out there, Jim? People need to watch out for what you're doing and then adjust their schedule. Surely that's how it goes well, being top, no? I think I saw an event was clashing with us as well, and I was just, it's just madness. Yeah, but then, but, you're an idiot. then you're a very poor promoter if you're doing that then, aren't you, really? Well, I think we all know who's going to lose out when um, when that happens. So more Unless it's them. a BG10, of course. You know, then we Shut up, Jim. <laughs> Can I just point out that Emily stated when we have more than one event a month. Yeah, no, I, can I, I know. Just, can I just, well, can I just point, I, like, I don't want that to be like swept under the rug. Can I just point that out that she said when we have more than one event a month? Bloody hell. I'm going to jump off my balcony. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I, I don't think it's any secret. That's obviously the aim um, that I keep throwing the word around tour. You know, Barry speaks about tour. You know, that's the word that we keep using. Um and you know that's what we want to launch so we don't want to run before we can walk obviously um but the idea is to create a tour and and i like to think that we will accomplish that um there's you know things that we need to do first and there's things that we need to get in line but there will be a nine ball tour um and we'll be the ones to push it perfect well, let's uh, let's go back to the PLP really quickly because uh, we haven't talked super in depth about that yet. Um, no. Walking away from that event, what do you think uh, you at Matchroom needs to do better for next year, or what are you looking to improve upon, add to? Basically, what are your takeaways to make it better next year? Yeah, it's it's so tricky with that event because when we do the snooker and we do you know like Championship League snooker, we we very happy with the product that we um that we dish out as such and we come away and we go yep yeah, you know that works we'll tweak a few things here but it's a really successful event and it doesn't need to dramatically change it's behind closed doors it doesn't need to be open to spectators um so we launched championship league pool last year and the reason why we did it was obviously in covid and it it was a format that worked well that was behind closed doors we did it off of the back of our championship league snooker event so our costs were cut by 25 percent just by following the snooker so you know we launched this new event we noticed the format didn't work for the international players and paul is international players so we changed the format um to make that work we increased the prize money because um, we felt that 84 or 86 wasn't big enough. Um, and still you come up and, and, and I doubled the production money that we spent from last year. Like we doubled the money that we spent on production and I still come away from this event. I'm like, nah, it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And it's, I, I don't know whether it's just Paul because obviously I love it, but we have to manage expectations with our events as well. Um, we were able to launch Championship League Pool last year because of the way we did it. Now, if I launched Championship League Pool um, the way that we televise the World Pool Masters and to that scale of production, we wouldn't have been able to do it. We wouldn't have, you know, I, I couldn't have done it. We wouldn't have had the budget to do it. So it's trying to manage those expectations. Um, I I actually think that the production is lacking by not having like commentators on table two. But on the other side, when you have commentators on table two that we saw at Championship League Snooker. Well, also it you find you don't go to table two enough on your main production. So some of the people who don't have access to table two can't see table two they can't see what's going on so the idea to open up both tables was obviously to give you the the overall event feel and so you could see both of them but i do agree people were tuning in for table two because they were they were different matchups and you kind of need to see it so you know the commentators are sitting there but i know i i mean i can figure it out in five seconds in my head as to how much more money on a production not even paying the commentator on a production level um Again, you know, 
it, I'll be totally transparent about it. We asked Niels Fine to come and commentate in the event. Um, he's focusing on trying to earn his ranking points. He's trying to focus on actually making the Moscone Cup this year um, and taking eight days out to commentate. Obviously, you know, didn't work for that. And I respect that. And in an ideal world, I'd rather have two lead commentators and two colour commentators. Um, because sometimes when Phil and Michael were together, I was literally like this, like banging my head against the wall because, um, you know, and you can't expect Carl to commentate 12 matches <laughs> in one day. There's only so much we can work in. Um, you know, like we don't have manned camera operators. We've got robotic cameras and I think that works, you know, um, but maybe a director that works in pool or, the graphics, like there's so much of the production, then all of a sudden it starts going bang, bang, bang of all these little things. So for me, it's coming away, understanding what we added to the production this year, which was like editorial, the interviews, um, you know, like the different replays and closers, openers, you know, that that's the matching style. That's what we bring to the table. Um, so there are, the idea of fans as well, I just, obviously it works for Championship League snooker to be behind closed doors. And we never think about bringing fans in, doesn't work. But maybe I underestimate the fans for the pool side because the thing is it costs us more money to get fans in <laughs> in an event like that if you're not actually going to get them in there. I mean, the room we were in is quite small. And to open it up, it's the security. And then all of a sudden you lose that relaxed atmosphere from the players. Um, so maybe there's something that we create where from stage two, we allow fans in, which was on my notes the last month of um, possibly opening up, but it just, we weren't ready for it. And um, we, I think we would have done it just as a, on the whim and we wouldn't have been ready to bring in fans for that event. So. I do think that spectators is a key thing for uh, the Premier League. But what I would like to see, and which I haven't seen, and it was the World Cup of Paul. Every time we've done the World Cup of Paul, we just never get anyone in there. And you literally slave away at trying to sell tickets and you can't comp tickets because you don't know who's going to turn up. So you spend all this money on security being there based on 500 people that have so-called bought a ticket, but they haven't. They've got a comp ticket. And this is, I'm talking like four years back when I first came on the scene. Um, you just, you didn't know who was going to come in, but people don't come to these events. You know, who's going to come to a pool event on a Tuesday afternoon from 10 or 10 a.m. to 3 p.m.? So if I'm going to sit there and I'm going to build a seating infrastructure and get security there for three people to sit in the audience. It's not cost effective. No. So it's really tricky to kind of find that balance. Like the world championship, I think we'll do really well with the tickets there because it's a total different style event. You can, it's going to be sort of US open vibe. You can go in between the tables and then final day, you can get into the big seating banks. We're including a VIP ticket for uh, hospitality, but these world cups, the world Pool masters and the premier league, I don't see anyone actually, I don't see the ticket sales coming in for us to warrant, you know, making a big change and getting spectators in. But I do agree. I mean, I sat in that arena myself and I come out, I turn around to the players and I went, I don't know how you do that. I said, it's horrible in there. Even, even, even if it's, even if it's just a case of, I mean, yeah, selling tickets is, is difficult, but the, it's, also for the production side of it, for the camera, if there's people that are dotted around, and even if it's just in standing tables, it creates a little bit of an atmosphere. And it's a background noise, which players are used to yeah. as well. So the players yeah. won't suffer from it because they never play in silence, really. No, I know. I know. And, you know, the, I, snooker, the snooker players are used to playing in yeah, silence. Exactly. But then exactly. as the long as you've got something constant going. But, look, I totally agree. I I went in and sat, and I wish I'd gone and sat in sooner, but I've obviously just got had a a lot of things going on in the production that I was trying to sort out, but it, it was horrible in there. And I do, you know, I, I did say to the players, it is a, it is in a very nice atmosphere in there. We did, we did say to the players that if you want to bring guests along, you're yes, if it's a case of saying to each player, you can bring, each of you can bring four people to be like your support group or whatever. 
And then there's a match going on. At least you've got people at the side. It's not costing them anything. You wouldn't need the security, really, because it should be for people that are trusted by the player and, you know, that that are not going to be, you know. Well, yeah, but we we, we did do that to players. We said, look, you can have two guests along if you want more. You know, I'm sure we can cater to it. Um, but you don't you don't know like I I can't not have security on that because it's no just... okay, but you wouldn't need a massive no you know, no of course if, but we if, as, soon as, as soon as they see Brownie walking around they're gonna no I I agree the spectators was really missing from the the Premier League and I think it just works so well with the Championship League snooker but it's not to say that that's what works for the pool. So I take that on board and um, it's something that we should definitely look at for moving forward. I will say that's kind of a, I will say that's kind of a double-edged sword though, too, because I don't remember what the event was last year, but uh, there was, there was an event that you guys had that where the, it was COVID related and there was, they were, there was fans able to come in for like just the last day. And there was maybe, uh, and like there, the, the cameras kind of panned the crowd and it, it was, it was okay, but like there's every now and then you'll just see like there's like six or seven people there and they're just sitting there like typing into yeah. their phones. And with there's only like 10 people in the room and you got like six of them just staring at their phones, that, like with a glass of beer in front of them. It just that that looks kind of weird though, too. And you have, you know, that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And so may, maybe there's a compromise of, you know, um, coming in from stage two and making sure that it looks packed or something like that. We just need to be creative on the design. So. You have to- you have to invite the correct people to come <laughs> and create an atmosphere for you. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I, I, I get it. Look, I, that's why I went and sat out there myself because I felt for the players when table two wasn't happening, it felt very tough in there. Um, so look, I get it. And that's why we sit out there and we try, you know, that's the, the good thing about matchroom is we don't, Put the event on and just sit back and go right okay on to the next we watch we see what's going wrong we see what works and we make notes and and we change it for moving forward so i totally get it you know it, it was very flat in there um so there's a few things that i would do next time to try and change it but i've got so many plans for the premier league like how do we make it into the premier league dart so i hope that in a couple of years time we're not even talking about this because we've already sold out 16 different venues at I don't know a thousand capacity so we got a lot of plans for it but I just sometimes we just don't want to go boom before we kind of you know got there sort of thing so just just be patient bear with us nine times out of ten the stuff that the fans aren't happy about we're not happy about either it's just you know we can't not everything can be the Moscone Cup well speaking of selling out capacity immediately how about the UK Open? Oh my God! Can I can I ask one question before we go on to the next uh, event? Yes. Just, just as far as the commentating goes, is it not in a mutual, mutually beneficial? I mean, there are people coming up through the the industry just now that are that are setting up their own YouTube channels, their own uh, whatever that are that are doing, you know, probably maybe low budget kind of commentary on on events that are going on. Who are maybe looking for a foot up, you know, mm. looking for the experience. That I mean, I liken it a little bit to Ryanair. Ryanair don't pay their pilots; the pilots just fly in order to get their hours, so they then can move on to something, you know, and 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 build up their CV. I mean, I know it would be difficult to, you know, you you wouldn't want just anybody, but these are people that would be more than happy on a YouTube uh, uh, stream on a table too to provide the commentary if it's up to some sort of standard. It wouldn't cost you anything. It would build up their CV as well and be mutual beneficial. Is that not something that could be looked into in the future? And people can just switch it off if they don't like it. I mean, it's quite simple, really. Well, really that, just you just said it there. People switch it off, they don't like it. And that's well, something. I mean, mute, mute it. You know? <laughs> I mean, the moment, you know? the moment we compare a matching event to Ryanair, no. Well, oh, that's not what I mean. I mean, it's a mutual benefit. <laughs> You both win of it. They build up their CV, and you get something at a, a, a cost neutral. Yeah. Uh, Look, I, do you know what? I, I totally get what you're saying, and I'll be totally honest with you. It's unless you're in the elite, I don't want to put the brand. I don't want to put our brand to it. So yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Look, I just, I, I totally get it, and yeah. Yeah. I understand. And it's same on the referees. 
unless you come in and you know work as a score official there's never really any way that you can step forward so and but there's a way for the referees to do that via a score official I mean look at Rob Spencer he was marking you know our main events for 18 months all of a sudden he's tournament directing because he just showed that he had initiative and um and he you know worked so many hours the same as the matchroom crew um and he's obviously very um you know he's an extremely intelligent bloke and he's you know he's taken it on but on the commentary side you know the thing that i'm working on at the moment is an official nine ball punditry team and i want to make sure that that is the elite team so I don't want to put anyone out there that, you know, I'd hate to have to pull someone off of a production because they're not good as a commentator wise, but maybe that's what the other events are for, you know, gain your experience. And if I tune into one of the other events and I like what I hear, then you'll be getting the call up to come to the match room. Okay, that, so, that, that, that would be my next question. If, if, if there are people out there who think they can do as good a job, how would they go about proving this to match room? How would they go about connecting? Uh, connecting with Matchroom in order to put themselves into that situation? Well, I'd say get on to the other events, but the problem is, is that the other, there's no events really on TV at the moment. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario, but I would suggest sending in showreels to, you know, info at Matchroom just to, um, to try and get that foot in the door. But it's such a, a tough, it's a risk for us to take to just shove someone on a commentary that we, you know, we're not too familiar with. I mean, look how long Carl has been doing it, and he's only just, you know, really sort of getting there. And that's and that's us putting a lot of work and a lot of support into it. So it's just it's a very, you know, big brand, and it's something that I'm really, really um, particular about. Um, and I want to make sure that you know we're the best of the best. So that's why on that side, but I get what you're saying and uh, and I've taken it on board, definitely. I, I agree with that though. I, I think a bad commentary just cheapens any event that it, there's, I've, I've watched a lot of amazing matches that was just completely ripped apart by the commentary to the point where like, I don't even, I don't want to watch pool on mute. Like if I'm going to watch pool, I want to watch everything. I want the audio. Yeah, I, was, I want, yeah, I want I the was... ball slap in the back of the pockets. Me, I was trying, just to, trying to get us in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I I know how to do it if I want to, and it's going to take a lot of work, and it's going to take a lot of grinding, and it's going to take a lot of blah blah blah. I'm not good enough for it. Carl Niels, they're good enough for it. Jerry, oh, he's good enough I, I got to say, as much as much as uh, I really hope he's not listening to this, and I hope he doesn't listen to. It. I think he's you know I, I think he's fantastic in there. I think the way he's, he he goes about it now, and he's uh, uh, if I look at. Uh, Every event, he just like you said, he's grown into it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, exactly. I personally, no, no offense, I personally think he's the star of the show in that commentary box. If you take the 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 the, the how would you say the the mainstay, the, the the main three, I think he steals the show. I think he's very good. So I hope he's not yeah. listening because he'll be messaging. Oh, his head will be so big, won't it? <laughs> he's very I'm good just, at what he does. I'm yeah. just getting my laptop charged. This is really embarrassing. I don't <laughs> want my my battery to go. Hang on. You're all good. So Jim, you're actually signed up for the UK Open, right? You got uh, you got one of those spots. I have one of the spots in the UK Open. Yes. Wow. How are you going to do? Um, my first objective is to actually get there in the first place. I got to get so I got to take some time off work. I'm a I got a fresh baby in the the other room there as well, and uh, so I need to square it all with the family and everything. But uh, if it's at all possible, then I will be there. And I'll have my cues with me, and we'll have a go at it. And hopefully, Emily's is, is is friendly enough not to put me on the TV table, so I don't embarrass myself in front of the millions <laughs> of people watching. Emily, Emily get, how much do I have? How much do I have to sponsor Shane, an event for to get them on there? If I get a Shane or a Jason, then I just might have to just add them to my list of victims. Yeah. How much do I have to sponsor the event to get him on the TV table? <laughs> I need at least a million if I need to put Jim on the TV table. <laughs> nobody's nobody's ever paid a million in the pool, so they're not going to do it. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, except from us, sorry, except from us. <laughs> not one that's, just, that's just 10% of what we've put in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Emily. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I'm interested, I'll be interested to hear what the setup's going to be for that. Yeah, full yeah, field, two hundred fifty-six. You do. 
my, my main question is, is this is this double table arena thing going to be something that continues? Um, yeah, I sort of, sorry, there's so many different floor plans we've got floating around at the moment. Um, but we're trying to, one thing that we're really trying to do is um, make our open events consistent across the format. So you know that when you're turning up on day four, you know how many tables you've got. Um, so it's the same kind of format across it all. Um, you know that you're going to get that kind of seating or, um, and it's it's got the same design, but every event has its own little spin on it. So you're not just tuning into the same thing all the time, but you know what the format is, you know how many tables you're getting down to, you know where you can find the scores, you know where you can go and watch certain elements. Obviously, we're never going to have one camera set up at every table. You know, we're we're promoting uh, the sport and you know, we wouldn't dilute our audience like that. But I like the one and two table option. Um, I also think that we need to have graphics on table two. You know, it was great that we pushed table two at the US Open last year and the World Pool Championship last year was, was quite a last minute thing, but we had no graphics on it. So it's all certain elements that we need to put into play, but again, it all costs money. Um, and at a point when we're pushing so much prize money into a a year it's it's kind of hard to add those other other elements but look we've made it quite clear we're putting a huge investment into the nine ball brand right now um so if we're not going to do it now we're never going to do it so yeah sell out in 30 minutes that was that was pretty um exciting and interesting we obviously held a few spots back for i mean there's people like Earl Strickland, there's like Oscar Dominguez, um, a lot of American players that are sitting on the waiting list who, I, like, I'm, this is how sad I am, I've got a print out of the actual list, a print out of the waiting list. Um, and we want to make sure that obviously, you know, we're telling the players they need to get onto the Moscone Cup through ranking points, but if they can't actually make our ranking events, then how else are they going to be able to do it? So I'm just figuring out you know, there's been a few refunds um, of certain things. So just trying to figure those out before we can actually get the official invites out to the players that have potentially missed the opportunity. Um, one thing we're really struggling with is that getting players' email addresses. Everything has all been done on Facebook message. And it's driving me round the bend that we don't have, like, email addresses. We don't have telephone numbers. Everything is on Facebook message. And it's just so... You must then be talking about the, the 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 top guys because when I took my entry, I had to give my email address in, so I got my confirmation via email. So you must be talking about the yeah the elite think, players who are maybe don't have to fill this out. I guess yeah, I don't know. and we we email players, we don't get responses. So you find oh, the <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I've got a job to do at the end of the day. I'm not spending half of my time or the team's time chasing people down on Facebook Messenger. Like, I'm saying it now. We are not chasing anyone down on Facebook Messenger. You don't reply to your email. You don't pick up the phone. That is it. Like, the snooker players and darts players, they have an entry system. Mm -hmm. And you have until this day to enter the event. And if you don't, you miss out. Like these are like the invitational events, for instance. And so that's what we're going to be doing moving forward. But the UK Open, it's we wanted to ensure that we, you know, it was open to everyone. But we've got players like the American players who can obviously use this as a platform to showcase for their Moscone Cup. Um, so there we will be publishing a full sort of list as to who's on it. Um, and we're still trying to work, obviously, the logistics of how it's going to look um, and how the design is. Obviously, that's all very, very exciting. But I guess 30, 32 tables and there will be public allowed in from day one or? Yeah, public from day one. Um, we're still actually looking at the table uh, number and the format at the moment. Um, but yeah, public in straight away. I want it to be buzzing in there. I want you know, people to be walking around the table and you can literally get this close to the, the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, the to US Open was amazing like that. Yeah, the and that's, awesome. that's what we that's want to cool. create. That's cool. That's cool. Open events. Exactly, that is cool. This isn't snooker. No. And um, we're going to come away from that sort of atmosphere, you know, where it's just silence. It needs to, 
it needs to have that pool dynamic where it is a buzzy room um with everyone everywhere and just you know breaks happening and yeah i'm just uh i'm really excited about the event but also very very nervous i mean it's the first time we're doing it um and who, so, will the, who will be the table provider uh diamond tables diamond billiards will be doing okay. the tables yeah very nice very nice mm -hmm. and i did you mentioned the players list I, I did actually investigate a little bit and i saw there was 235 names that were available for us to see on the on the website oh, well, so 20, 20, 21 names is that, is that 21 announcements or is that just 21 places that just haven't been filled yet or or are you're waiting holding them back for players that are still exactly that i mean we had snooker players coming into premier league pool because obviously the european masters started um on monday and we had the snooker players coming in and they were like can we get into we're on the waiting list can we get in yet and we're like hang on a second we're just like we have you down on the waiting list and we're trying to do the waiting list on first come first serve as well which we have all of that noted down so um yeah those spaces those spots are just you know left to be filled um so it's it, we won't have any problem of um any uh walkover matches or anything like that it's definitely going to be uh filled to the max and are you, guess what jim are you sticking to the, are you sticking to the four inch pockets or are you going to make them a little bit easier for <laughs> for the outside tables um, and for people like me no, like, I think that if, on a diamond, that's that's a bit different from. Oh yeah, so that's a little bit rascal, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and we wouldn't do anything to the outside tables without doing it to the TV table. Uh, the way I I feel about things is yeah. that if you've got a shot clock on one table, it has to be on all of them. I don't agree with you know just changing one table because you've got you're a big name. Yeah. You know, it's unfair to that person that you've also drawn. You know, Jim's like not to um devalue you but if you drew shane van boning and all of a sudden you're on table one with shot clock tight pockets but if you draw on someone else and you're on table two and you're on different style pockets and no shot clock you're in a you're in a different ball game so um so there will be there will be four inch diamonds in uh exactly the same as us open don't know what that was they were bigger four they were four, five, they were four, four, four and a quarter that's a bit more for, that's a, for a diamond table that's a bit yeah that's still tight it's yeah. still rascal so, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> all right of the, of the players that are public guess whose name is not on there jim i'll give Judd you Trump. one hint Judd Trump. No. jason shaw kachi's not on here i know he must have missed the, de jason. Missed the deadline i must have said he didn't set his alarm i guess <laughs> i could no i contacted jason last week and says listen i'm looking through this list of the uk open and I'm not seeing your name on it. And he goes, I says, are you sure you're playing? He says, of course I'm playing. I just haven't registered yet. I said, oh, that's okay for you. The rest of us are on waiting lists and everything. And you just rock up two days before and say, oh, I'll be there. <laughs> that's what happens when you're uh, top 10 in the rankings. There's going, yeah. there's going to be a difference somewhere, doesn't there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's, uh, we don't want to hold you too long. I know you've been working like crazy busy long hours for yeah. the last like eight days, but uh you have another big announcement happening on Thursday and Friday. Would you like to plug that here? Oh, gosh. Do I even need to? I think, like, our inbox is going mental with tickets. Um, and I know, I know. And it's and I, I say rascal again. It's a bit of a naughty setup as well. Um, we're trying to – obviously, Vegas has always been that horseshoe design. We always felt like we, we always stuck with – and I don't know why. We always stuck with, like, a 1,000 seating – in vegas um but now like the i feel like the american audience are getting a lot more engaged than what they have done before and i'm not sure why i think it, the turning point was 2019 um or maybe when they saw you know when they saw them take the cut back in 2018 and um, they were a lot more vocal in 2019 which was extremely exciting and i loved that um so the plan for the moscone this year obviously it's the elite event so Ticket price is going to be different to how they are at all of our other events. We've introduced a new couch. I say couch because couch is the American style, not like sofa or settee. Um, so, you know, uh, so people can, you know, buy like a gold ticket and 
have the upgrade of like a, a couch. So the way that the design is in the arena is you're directly behind the players, for instance. So you can now the designs and the tech has just developed. So, you know, when you used to buy a Moscone Cup ticket, you didn't really know where you're sitting. You kind of got allocated your seat. Whereas you'll have your seating map, you'll be able to choose where you can go. Even if you have a VIP ticket, your seat gets allocated there. So, you know, fees are slightly higher when we go to America, of course. And, you know, we see that and it's quite tough to look at that. But we've tried to, you know, try and remain in balance with what we've charged before and what Vegas shows are like and, you know, what gets added on. And also we try to secure a, a Bally's hotel rate for everyone. And um, I will say when I did the site visit, the one thing that I'm loving about Bally's is you're, you're all there in this one property. And so it's linked to Paris, but you walk into Bally's and I want that whole gap, just Moscone Cup everywhere. So you're there and you know it is the home of the Moscone Cup. Sometimes you can get a bit lost in bigger casinos, whereas the convention space is literally just the Moscone. So you're walking from the casino and as soon as you step into the convention bit, it's you're straight into the Moscone. You've got, you know, your bars to get in. You've got the VIP hospitality. Then you get into the arena and you're all there on one site. And if you're staying there, you know, it's just, it's, I want a brand like one of the bars, like a Moscone Cup bar sort of thing. So um, it's, it is that elite event. We're going to be pushing um, 2,000 seats for it. Um, I'm very confident that we will sell it out just because I just feel like everyone's just been locked up for so long um, and want to get to Vegas. I think it's going to go crazy. I think it's, I it, think it's going to sell. It's a circle design, a design. So everyone's going to be like sort of thing like that. It caters for 2,500. And to be totally honest with you, there's, you know, a few production holes where I want to put the commentators um, certain sightline issues. So, you know, if it gets to the point where we've sold out and we can look at sightlines and getting another couple of hundred in there, we have the option to do it. So, you know, we've done that, um, but the design is really cool. Like, I'm so excited to see what this sofa seat is going to be like because you're literally, you're high enough to not let the referees block you, but you're in it enough to be just behind the players and to be seeing all the action from a totally different perspective. So, um yeah I, so the players will be back in the crowd this year no in a different way no. similar, okay. <laughs> <laughs> similar to um alexandra palace similar to Alex. okay okay they have their own little platform yeah. area kind of thing okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um i had a question i mean you know that i i i generally do a, a, a group thing every year there's a question that came up Mm -hmm. If somebody wants to book, I mean, I, we just sort of book uh, for the for the full session thing. If somebody if somebody was to book for the four days for gold, but they wanted one day to be VIP, is that even possible to do that? Um, I hope so. But what I would suggest is the team. Um, there's an email address for the team for any group bookings or anything like quirky like that, for instance. So. Mm -hmm. And they're actually really, really helpful and they're really on hand. Obviously, they're, ve they're Vegas hours. Um, that's why we've tried to go on go on sale as late as possible. I'd suggest speaking, sending them an email, um, which we can send out on our website and we can publish on our social media. I, I, I personally think this is going to sell out real quick. I think I know. That, uh, a lot, uh, the buzz I <laughs> from the American fans is they're all saying, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. I can't wait. We're going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas. So I yeah. think this, uh, this this one will sell out pretty quick, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I think, um, oh, look, there you go. There's the. Um, I got it. Oh, perfect. There you go. Um, <laughs> Group sales. So, .com. Okay. No, yeah. apology, I'm not upgrading you to VIP. <laughs> oh, God, that VIP ticket. Oh, my God. So we're just, you know, we've been brainstorming ideas. You know, Phoebe's. Um, in the team, she's now done the Moscone Cup VIP, but she's gone to the darts. She's gone to a boxing. She's gone to the snooker, and uh, she's seeing what quirky things that she can be doing for the VIP. So it's something that we really take a lot of pride in for the Moscone Cup. We want to make sure that everyone experiences, you know, that event in um in a different way. So 
I, I'm excited for this year's event. It's just, it's strange that it's literally in December and we're sitting here in February, but it's going to come along so quick. Um, hopefully we'll get some announcements rolling out soon. I guess I could throw up the, uh, the information that you have for it. This is the seating arrangement. Yeah. And those up at the top middle, you can see the gold couch and the VIP couch is what you were uh, referring to. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the bluey gray area, that's where all the players will be sitting and everything. That's yeah. the okay yeah, very so nice yeah very good oh, pre-sale goes, pre goes up in uh i guess two days and uh the general sale goes in three days yeah and then any, um and then i think it's like the month of ticket sales so hope everyone saved up any uh january sort of paychecks um our whirlpool masters tickets just went on sale last um weekend and the World Pool Championship tickets go on sale on Monday. I mean, you can literally come for the whole session for like, I think it works out like 15 to 20 quid a day or something. So, um, you know, it's a really good rate uh, at MK. So I would I would say come along for the week. Um, it's going to be quite an elite field. And the World Championships, 128 players. Yeah. How is that being filled? I know that last year it was filled covid again it was it was there was a bit of a scrape to get players how, how will the 128 players be uh, uh, f uh field be uh, filled uh so 50 allocations go to the wpa um and then the the idea moving forward is that the top 64 come off of the rankings obviously we've only got 40 at the moment um so we'll be putting 40 from the rankings and the remaining will be wildcards or based on other federations so um it's a bit tricky because our rankings aren't quite structured yet um however it's going to be a lot more of the best of the best i think this year We're it's, really, it's just right the corner so you must be close to completing the field already are you yeah definitely obviously we can't complete it until we get the allocations through from the federation so i think i think it's just it's cool because you know, all this information is like on our website if you go and, you know, really have a dig around. And it's just cool that it's, you know, out there and it's quite transparent as to how people get in sort of thing. And um, I guess if it's not there, it just hasn't been decided yet. So it's just everything seems to be just getting a bit more structured, a bit more organized um, and a bit more professional, which is exactly the direction that we're obviously trying to push the sport into. Okay. Well, that covers everything that I wanted to discuss today. I just, I got just one more question. You've, you've been in the pool industry a while. You've watched a lot of matches now, and you've obviously, we saw you on the television in the corner there watching the final, the semi-finals, and throughout the week. And we saw you smash a break. And we saw you. Oh, well, you, you parked that cue ball right in the middle of the table. That was quite good. That was pretty good. It wasn't the worst break I saw all week, I have to say. But now that you've spent all this time around the players, there's got to be somebody that you actually support while these events are on. Oh, do you have a favorite player? I've got my favorite. I've got the one that I always support in these events, or the two or three. Nate's got his. Emily Fraser is a fan of the sport. No, that's such a shame. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a cop out. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know what? It's, um, you have certain players that come to the events and you're like, you just laugh the whole time. I mean, you Naoki get your, well, Naoki's, he's brilliant. <laughs> um, you get the Skylar Woodward who walks past and he's like, he just drops like really random comments. So obviously it's strange to like a British person sort of thing. But I mean, they're all such fantastic characters. And that's one thing that's like, I find it so frustrating because we don't have those characters across to the viewers yet. Um, but there's so many great people in the sport and you kind of, you are rooting for particular players and, but there's such, there's quite a big pool of them. Um, I can't even tell you what, who a favorite would be because you just want them to win because you see the passion and you see, you know, I, I could see um, how distressed Jason Shaw was at the end of that day six. And I could see that he had so many demons and like, everything was like an issue like you know there were certain things that were winding him up and it was just because he wanted to win so badly and you you want that win for them 
So it's not like you have like a main one that you want to win. You just you just kind of watch the match and you feel whoever deserves it. I guess so. Um, but yeah, I, I really honestly, I, I don't even. Okay, that, okay, so the, the, the matchroom CEO wants it just wants somebody to win. Who does Emily? Come on, you know, are, are you for the home team? You know, are you looking for a Brit to win it? Are you looking for an American to win it? I mean, no, me personally, I've always been very, very clear about my. Um, I always want Team USA to get the the Moscone Cup back. Like that's that's clear as day because you, there's something different about the American audience. There's something when the Americans win the Moscone, it's like every member on that team are so patriotic and that's what i love i love that they will all come together in a certain way like i always want I, okay i'll be totally honest i always want team usa because i always feel that they all come together in a totally different manner that i've never seen the teams come together before europe have such strong individuals and then when they so when you look at premier league pool for instance you got a lot of the Europeans in there, right? But as soon as it comes to an individual event, they're all up against one another. But you go to the Premier League pool and you've got Shane and Skylar. And, you know, Shane will come off the table and go, so, like, what position is Skylar in? Like, how is he getting on? It's it's a different dynamic. Do you, do you, do you see what I mean? And that's what they, I like. They play, for, they, they play for the country, Team Europe. Yeah, I, I love that. It is a different love feeling. That. Different feeling. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, I, you know, I've always been quite open about on that side of things with the Moscone Cup, but I always just want what's good for the... And you're saying what Emily wants, but you forget. I mean, you literally cut me open and it will literally the blood will run matching pool. That's, that's just, you know, what lives inside me now. I want what's best for the tournament. And if I can see 2,000 screaming American fans wanting that cut back, then I want America to win. So it's just, it's, you know, and, you know, if we're sitting at the Whirlpool Championship and you've got a load of Jason Shaw fans screaming his name and, you know, he's absolutely, he's gone from the loser's side or he's just crushed the tournament and he's in beast mode. I want him to win. Do you see what I mean? So it's, there's, there are the different um, sides of it. Like, I'd love like an Aoki Oi to win one of our events because he does these great interviews and he goes viral because of his character. He's also an absolutely phenomenal pool player and he deserves to, you know, he's good enough to win a tournament. So there are so many that you kind of want to win. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think I'll ever have one favourite. You'll never get it out of me. <laughs> that means she does. She's just not going to no, say it. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> impossible. It's impossible. It all depends on the tournament and the exactly. lead up to it, right? All right, Emily. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank, no, thank you, everybody, you. for tuning in. And set your alarm clock. Don't be a don't be a cocky. Set your alarm clock for those oh those tickets gosh. going on sale on Saturday. What? It's on well, Thursday. Friday. It's on Thursday, Thursday for me. Thursday. And don't, and don't forget the time that's on the flyer is PST, which is Pacific Standard Time, I believe, or Pacific Time. So you're going to have to recalculate for UK time and American time. I think it's five o'clock and six o'clock or six o'clock and seven o'clock in the evening. So don't get that wrong. Don't get it wrong. Just no. literally wait for the... It's oh, today's Tuesday, isn't it? Today's oh, Tuesday. I don't know what you're banging I on about. I thought it was Wednesday. Two days. I thought it was Wednesday. Two days. This time in and, two days, it'll be sold out. And go go to matchroompool.com and sign up for the, uh, the newsletter that allows you to sign up sooner a day right? earlier exactly yeah. join the matchroom club you can get your chance to get in a day earlier you're a little bit silly if you don't do that and you have to wait another day because you might not have an extra day to get them exactly right i'm gonna go and have a face mask a bath and i'm gonna go chill out so it's been i, think I might go for a face mask as well emily thanks very much <laughs> congratulations on a great event really enjoyed thank it you. but all right. all right take care everyone see you later